Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Hey, you may know of my next guest. After all, he is the recipient of the prestigious Gustav A. Jaeger Memorial Prize. Oh, by the way, he's also author of a hit new book. It's called Range, Why Generalists Triumph in a World of Specialists. This is David Epstein. Hey, David, thanks so much for being here. Thanks very much for having me. Have you ever been introduced before as the recipient of the Gustav Jaeger Memorial Prize? And if not, what is it? <laughs> I think only when I was getting it, I suppose. Um, it, was, it was an award uh, I got in college, and it goes to a four-year athlete who, the quote is, uh, achieved significant athletic success in the face of unusual challenge and difficulty. So, what, what, was, what was your unusual challenge and difficulty? <laughs> that you were not well, a ringer? It's, yeah, as far as I could tell, it was that I was really bad. I was an 800 meter runner, and I was a walk on, and I was uh, 
by far, you know, not even close. I was the worst person on the team when, when I arrived and, and obviously got better. So I'm pretty sure my unusual challenge and difficulty was just that I stunk at first. And the way that it fits into the book is that you reveal this stellar achievement in a discussion about your own background, major transition from science to journalism. At one point, you lived in a tent in the Arctic. Now you're a senior writer for SI. And the point is that responding to lived experience with change of direction is often a good thing. Yeah, that's right. In fact, the way I was using that that athletic story, sort of I went from, from walk-on to university record holder, was that it, it turns out it, it, it's getting at something that I write about a lot in range uh, that economists call match quality. That's a term that describes the degree of fit between someone's interests and abilities and the work that they do. And it turns out you have to try a bunch of things to basically be able to triangulate that. We're not very good at introspecting into it. And that includes not only the work that you actually do. So like when I transitioned from, from training to be a scientist to Sports Illustrated, but also the type of training that you do for whatever work you're taking on. So for me, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I was a walk-on college athlete because I was allowed to burn two years in experimenting with what kind of training worked for me. And then once I found it, I completely took off. But, but we often don't allow people to have those kinds of experimentation periods that uh, research shows are so, so you know, difficult in the short term, but very rewarding in the long term. I have uh, been privileged to deliver a number of commencement addresses, few at college and in high schools. And maybe that's why I underscored in the book this discussion about Paul Graham, a computer scientist and co-founder of startups that people would have heard of, Airbnb and uh, Twitch among them. And he said, you know, don't give up on your dreams, which is the conventional. I've delivered that speech, right? Pursue your passion. But it implies that you have a plan. Instead, you should be looking at available options and choose that which will give you the best range later. That's right. And he says those speeches are well-intentioned. What they mean is, you know, don't get beaten down by life. But then he goes on to say, if you have a 10 or 20 year plan and, and you insist on, on sticking to that dream, you're doing what computer scientists call premature optimization. Essentially, that's you're, you're setting your plan to optimize for a goal that you have no idea if it's really the right one yet. And you actually have to get out there and experiment with things. As one of the researchers uh, who studied that area extensively that I quoted says, we should act and then think, at least early in our careers. You have to do things and then reflect on how they fit you because we're actually worse than we think at intuiting what will match our interests or our goals as, as we grow older. And so the way to go forward is instead of working back from a 20-year plan is to work forward from promising opportunities and kind of zigzag until you find a spot where where you alone can succeed. Well, and I think something comforting for many of our kids is is the idea that it's it's okay if you really don't know where you want to end up. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's the, the rare exception uh, that does know. And in fact, not only would it be difficult for a kid to know, but even as you go through life, it changes. So there's a finding I write about a lot in range called the end of history illusion, which is this many times replicated finding that we all recognize we've changed a lot in the past based on our experiences and changes in the world, and then say, well, but we're not going to change much in the future. And we do that at every time point in life. And the fastest time of personality change is ages 18 to your late 20s. So if you're asking someone to pick before then or even during that period in some ways, you're asking them to choose for someone who doesn't yet exist and who will be living in a world they can't yet even conceive. This is David Epstein. The book is titled Range. So you open the book comparing Tiger Woods and Roger Federer, 
and each of their success stories. More typical, you say, is Federer insofar as he devoted less time to, quote unquote, deliberate practice in which the field in which he became an expert and Tiger, you know, the old 10,000 hours. That's that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, that's right. And this this sort of my interest in that came out of this debate where in my first book, The Sports Gene, I criticized the work underlying the 10,000 hours rule, which, by the way, just this month, a replication attempt showed that it, it was, you know, not real, not a real result in the first place. But but anyway, so I got into these public debates with Malcolm Gladwell and we'd talk about uh, the Tiger Woods path, the quintessential 10,000 hours. And I knew that there were a lot of athletes like Roger Federer, who we know that obviously they're just as famous as Tiger as adults. But we never hear that developmental story where he played uh, basketball, soccer, badminton, rugby, swimming, wrestling, a host of others. You know, and when his coaches wanted to move him up to a higher level, he declined because he just wanted to talk about pro wrestling with his friends after practice. And he delayed specializing until several years later than his peers. And my question was, what is the norm for athletes who go on to become elite? And it turns out wherever scientists look, basically, they see that athletes who go on to become elite have a sampling period early on where they do a wide variety of activities. They learn broad general skills. They learn about their interests and abilities, and they systematically delay specializing until later than peers who plateau at lower levels. I thought it funny now that, you know, once I read the book and appreciated the premise, uh, I thought it was really funny that the lead blurb on the front jacket comes from Malcolm Gladwell saying, I loved range, when in fact you were challenging, you know, a lot of the thinking that he has offered in the past. So here's something else that's important to keep in mind. Being a generalist might slow you out of the starting gate, but you argue it's better in the long term. That's right. I mean, I think one of the real themes of the book is that from education to athletic development, sometimes the things that you can do to cause the most rapid short-term improvement will actually undermine your long-term development. And that's really deeply counterintuitive, but that's increasingly true in the modern economy. So as we move from uh, what I described in the book using the terms of psychologists, kind learning environments where the work world used to change less and so you could expect to do the same thing from one year to the next, to more wicked learning environments where we can't count on that, where work next year might not look like work last year. In fact, one of the tricks for adapting to a world like that is having a really broad skill set early on that you use to build sort of a wide toolbox and, and flexible mental models that allow you to change as the work world changes. And it takes longer to develop those tools, but as the world changes, you can adapt. And, and I think we've seen what happens sometimes when people were trained for a kind world uh, and, then, and then the economy changes and, and they're not adaptable. Somebody might be listening to this, David, and say, well, but surely this thinking cannot apply to, say, learning a musical instrument. What's the answer to that? Yeah, in fact, since I, since I knew that that was going to be the question right after sports, I went and looked through that research, and it actually uh, absolutely applies. So in, in most cases, musicians who go on to become elite have that almost eerily similar sampling period early on uh, to what future athletes have, which means they have exposure early on for sure, but they will try different genres of music, usually in a lightly structured environment early on. They'll go through different instruments, even the famously precocious Musicians like Yo-Yo Ma, who had a sampling period, tried two instruments he didn't like, first left music for a little while, and then came back and became the greatest cellist in history. And so I think it's a problem that's like the Tiger story. Everyone remembers the Tiger mother story, where on the first page, she talks about assigning her daughter violin and, and having her practice five hours a day. And nobody remembers the part later in the book where her daughter turns to her and says, you picked it, not me, and quits. 
Yeah, I was thinking as I was reading that when when you say uh, that this is this is overly simplified, but that you're better being a generalist than a specialist. I'm thinking this is not what we're teaching our kids when we're driving them. I would say some parents forcing them to a 4 a.m. ice hockey practice, hoping that someday it's the college hook. Yeah, it's it's that that's why I found it. That's why I ended up writing about it because I myself found it so deeply counterintuitive uh, and, you know, almost didn't believe it until I, I basically took a year, actually more than a year going through all this sorts of research. And I think, I think we have a lot of competing priorities, right? When I lived in, I lived in Brooklyn until recently, and there was a U7 travel soccer team that met at a park near me. I don't think there's anyone in the world who thinks six-year-olds can't find good enough competition in a city of 9 million people that they have to travel, right? But the incentive for the adult who runs that league is to, first of all, keep their customers away from other sports and to win the six-year-old championships. And it turns out that the way to develop the best six-year-old or 10-year-old is not the same as the way to develop the best 20 or 30-year-old, but we have competing incentive structures, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I am 50, how old am I, TC? 57, right? 57. 57, 57. Yes. And, and I'm David, I'm at the edge of, I was the, sort of the last of the era where you could be a two, much less three uh, letterman. You know, today it's like you you got to pick. And I, I, I've long believed without your data that we were leading kids astray. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. 
Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Let me ask you this, a fundamental question. I, I kind of buried the lead. What, what do you mean by range? Define range as you use it in the title of this book. Yeah, I range, the way that I mean it is um, broad set of experiences and tools that you can bring to any particular challenge because we all do specialize to one degree or another at some point or other, right? That's kind of a semantic issue. But the real question for people in the book, these, these, these people who have range, is they didn't set out to say, oh, I'm going to be broad, I'm going to be a generalist. But they set out to explore their curiosities and to seek out match quality for themselves. And by doing that, they end up zigzagging through lots of different experiences and collecting lots of different ways to approach problems and think about the world. And so by the time they arrive, they're much more flexible and adaptable because they have this broader tool set than their colleagues. And that's what allows them to excel. I'm a Churchill buff. I'm embarrassed that I did not know the latter part of the quote. Everybody has heard this. Never give in. Never, 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 never. I think there are five nevers. Never give in. But the rest of the sentence says, except to convictions of honor and good sense. What's the significance? Yeah, so I didn't know that either. So nothing to be embarrassed about. But as I was going through some of our cultural tropes about, you know, staying the course, basically picking something and just doing it. I would notice uh, that we had truncated a lot of these famous quotes, right? Another one that, that related to the book is, um, Jack of all trades, master of none, but the full quote ends in oftentimes better than master of one. But we've also cut that part off because I think we want to give the impression that you should just pick something and stick with it. When in fact, there's voluminous scientific literature on, you know, I don't even like to call it <laughs> quitting because that, that makes it sound derogatory, but on how beneficial it is for people to... Um, be willing, especially earlier in their careers, but even throughout, to experiment. And by experimenting, they mean trying things, getting, getting some of the basic skills, getting a signal about that work and about who you are, and then switching directions in response to that information. And that's how people arrive at work that they find fulfilling and where they can succeed. And that work, that match quality, has a huge impact on their performance, on their sense of fulfillment, and on their persistence and work ethic. So as one of the researchers told me, when you get fit, it will look like grit, meaning that if you get someone in work that fits them, they will display the characteristics of grit even if they didn't before. And so you actually want to do some, some quitting until you get there. So there's Actually, I talk about a program in the Army a little bit where they, they call it talent-based branching, but it's essentially coached quitting until you find a spot where you fit. But I think they're using different terminology because – you know, nobody likes to say we're encouraging people to quit something. 
a golf buddy turned me on to your book. His name is Ed. So I, I defer to him for my final question. I said, Ed, I love the book. Thank you for the recommendation. What do you want me to ask David Epstein? <laughs> and here is his great question. Does someone's basic makeup shown at an early age make them better fit for a broad approach or a specialized approach? That's a really good question. And again, our we change a lot more than we think over time. So for example, I don't want to be too technical about it, but the correlation of your major personality traits from like age, you know, 11 to middle age is like 0.2. Meaning if you stayed the same person, it would be, it would be one. So you, you change a lot. So, and we have to be sensitive to that, but there are certain things that show up early for sure. And I think if we think about the most famous stories, like the Tiger Woods and the Mozart stories, right? In those cases, we usually tell those stories as if those those two performers were created by their fathers, when in fact, that's partly true, but their fathers were actually responding to their initial displays of unusual interest and ability. So Tiger said in 2000, his father never once asked him to play golf. It was always him bugging his father. In Mozart, I went back through letters about his childhood. In fact, when he first wanted to play violin with his father and other instruments, his father said, go away, nobody's taught you. Uh, you know, you can't possibly play. And Mozart, little Mozart starts crying, and then they hear him in the next room playing the part that he wanted to play, but with his own made-up fingering. And that's when his father responds and, and starts helping him train. So I think we sometimes do see those very unusual displays, but we shouldn't worry about missing it, because in those cases, you actually want to give the kid a whole bunch of opportunities, because if there's something that's going to light their fire like that, you know, exposing them broadly and seeing if there's anything that does that is the way to go. And so that that does sometimes happen. You sum up at the end by saying, don't feel behind. And I wrote in the margin at the end of the book how I sum up range, which was be adaptable. Did I get the thesis? Absolutely. You absolutely got the thesis. It's, it's what's the best way to prepare for facing challenges you haven't exactly faced before, which is what we have to do as we move up levels of whatever we do. And as the economy changes faster and faster, that, that's exactly it. And and to use sports metaphors, because you're an SI guy, you know, don't be afraid to take a mulligan. Call an audible if you need to. That's right. And, and unfortunately, we usually wait longer than we should because of something called the sunk cost fallacy, where if we put in time, effort, emotion, money into one path, then we'll stick with it longer than we ever should have. In fact, psychology on how con men work shows that they make small asks first because they realize if people start investing some time, emotion, or money, they will be more likely to stick with something even when it's obvious to an outsider that won't work out. So we have to be aware of our cognitive biases and be ready to leave something even, you know, even if it's a little painful. The book is terrific. I'm embarrassed that it, it got by me a, a month or so ago when it, whenever it is that it first came out, but I am so glad I read it. So thank you very much and I wish you all good things. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation, and, and you obviously read it closely, so I appreciate that. This is David Epstein. Thank you, David. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.